What was it, six pound eighty? I think. And yeah. uh, I've never. I went over the bridge a couple of weeks ago, for, uh, or ten days ago, for the first time since. It was, and it was weird. It yeah. was like. Hang on, what's this about? Yeah, no one's here. Yeah. I, you don't mind I, coming to England now then? No, no, no. Yeah, I can, you haven't got to pay to come back into the country, mm-hmm. like, you know, but no, it's good. It was really good. nice. So what's going on? I see on, we've just been talking off air on your Instagram, you're starting training properly again, new year, new you, all that. It sounds a bit yeah. strange to say to you. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean... You know, people, I, I didn't train for a year. Um, in fact, when I retired from athletics in 2005, a long time ago, uh, I had about five years off. And people went, what, you just stopped? Hell yeah, I had to stop. I mean, the reason why I stopped for so long is because, you know, I'm five foot eight. I'm not six foot four. I was five foot eight, running the 400 meters for the country, and it's bloody hard. So the last thing I wanted to do when I retired is still train. So I, I drank Guinness, who ate all the pies, it was me. I didn't put on loads of weight, surprisingly. I was, you know, I don't know how, but, and, and it was me. I, I'd go to an Indian. I was doing stuff which I wouldn't have done when I was competing and training. You opportunity to do. And then um, you get a bit older, and I'm 45 now. You get that little bit older, and you suddenly think, oh, I need to do something. So, yeah, so I've just started back training uh, with Colin Jackson, um, the, uh, well, the legend that mm-hmm. is Colin Jackson, who's um, the ex-hurdler, still holds the world record, 60 metres and 60 hurdles indoors, and um, TV presenter now. So I just started back training with him. So I have trained since I retired. I did get back into it a couple of years ago, ran a couple of London marathons or whatever, um, which, which was hard work. Um, and then I, last year, 27, 2018, sorry, I completely stopped purely because I had to focus on my business and that was it. I, I, it's not because I didn't want to train or whatever. I just had to get my head down. And uh, But this year, I'm going to have a work-life balance where I want to train, enjoy it, as well as work. Good, good. I think you need that. And I think it's productive for work as well. I think it can yeah, help you to def- blow off the steam and, and all that kind de- of stuff. Definitely. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, I've only been back two days. I'm a little bit stiff, <laughs> <laughs> which is obvious, a bit stiff. But I feel great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I was chatting to Colin and Jim. I said, like, I saw him at half seven this morning. I went, Colin, this is great, isn't it? And we were both, it was completely dark still. Yeah. And I was like, this, I love it. So it's sort of like I find, you know, we're not killing ourselves. We're not, you know, we're warming, it, warming up in Twickers Collins, 51 now. Is he? I mean, go, looking 35. He I looks mean, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm like, what? Like, you know, this guy's like, just looks in his shoes. But it's, it's nice. And I, I do remember when I was training over a year ago, I got myself in decent shape and I felt really alert. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to having that feeling back again. Of my, I think my body's used to being like yeah. that. So you don't realise when you come off the bandwagon, you don't realise how much you suddenly, you, you take a dip. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, it's only now I'm getting back into it, I realise that I need it. That makes sense. And I think as well, we're, I feel more and more now, I feel like we are, we're meant to, to expend something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you find yourself, I think there's a reason over, just, you know, this won't go out for, six seven weeks or whatever because i've got a, a backlog to yeah, produce yeah. so we are currently just into the new year so i'll clarify that really? for everybody but i think especially this time of year mm. you spend the last two weeks sitting yeah. and just eating yeah. and doing nothing and not moving yeah. and there's a reason why you're after four or five days of that yeah. you get i think you get antsy to do something yeah yeah and, and it's, it makes sense that that we need that oh I, I i totally agree you know like christmas um i was itching to get into the gym again you know i i was like I was eating a few of the chocolates. I was, 
was drinking a glass of wine and I just thought, you know what, I'm over this. You know, like, I think, I think Christmas, I love Christmas, let me say that, but I think everyone overindulges for no re- You know, it's gone stupid now yeah. and it, it, we don't need to do that. I mean, you know, I, I'll say uh, this just entered my head, which I think is a really good one is, you know, in the fitness industry and in sport or whatever is my partner's son his name's Joshua he's only 20 years old and he does Tai Chi he's really into it and we were having a discussion New Year's Eve uh, having some food together all of us and I was drinking a glass of wine and I said oh, I'm going to stop tomorrow right and he went why are you stopping tomorrow why didn't you stop tonight and I went because I know I'm not going to drink in the new year I know I'll, I'll not drink and he said well you could stop now and he said I said, yeah, no, I totally get that. He said, you know the thing which makes me laugh with people? He's only 20. He goes, the thing which makes me laugh with people? He goes, whenever a person goes on, has a packet of sweets in the cinema or has a glass of wine or a beer or an Indian or whatever, as soon as they have that food which is deemed to be negative, they go, oh, I've fallen off the bandwagon. I may as well have another one yep. and another one and another one. And he said, people have got it all wrong. You fall off the wagon by having a glass of wine, but then you go, you know what? That was something bad I had. Now let me get back on it. Yeah. And that is the key, the key. And, and I looked at him and I went, I got this 20 year old kid. I've won a world championship. I got a little bit and, he, and, it's a, and I really like this mindset because I think that's what we do as a, as a race of people. We go, oh, oh I've, 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 done something wrong and then you just go down this dark path of carrying on on that road no no I've had something wrong let's go back to the positive and that's what it's going to be you know yeah yeah I think we more and more I think we now it's not it's not sexy and it doesn't Mm. sell a lot of books and stuff like that it's not an extreme plan but that moderation of things is so important for oh, people yeah. because yeah. the mindset of wrong, I've done something wrong, had something yeah. bad, yeah. it immediately sets in a, a mindset of, yeah. well, I'm a failure. I failed, yeah. I failed, yeah. yeah. That's no good. So if you're in your, you know, you're in your 20s and you're in the Olympic camps and whatever and you come second in a race in a GB squad, you haven't failed. No. It's, okay, what do I need to do to make yeah. sure that next time it's first? I, I, and that's the yeah. trick, right? I, I, yeah. So I, I really, I want to get into your new business yeah, um, yeah. as well. So, uh, and I want, I've got some questions I want to ask about uh, Olympics and that stuff fascinates me. Mm-mm-mm. So, because um, I, I think I, when I first started talking to you, it's because we had something in common with the body holiday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. how many times have you been over there now? I must have been over there, oh my God, how many times? About eight times now, really? something like that. And um, the body holidays in St. Lucia, uh, it's a resort I go to twice a year, two, two weeks in the summer, a week in the winter, just came back in December, uh, 8th of December, I came home. And I, I was with Colin Jackson mm-hmm. with my partner, brilliant. And uh, we, we basically, what I do over there is I coach people an hour a day on the beach, you know, from so the, the youngest I've ever had is I think 12, the oldest being 82. Amazing. And um, it's very easy. It's not extreme. It's not, you know, the, the name, the body holiday, you go, oh God, that sounds kind of serious. And, you know, when I first saw it, I had visions of these fitness instructors being yeah. all buff and everyone being buff on, on the beach. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. But, but basically, the reason they call it the body holidays they say you give us your body we'll give you back your mind yeah and it is exactly that um i absolutely love it i feel very grateful and gracious that i'm over there and they they consider me to be worth you know worth it and 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 they keep asking me back so um yeah i love it yeah 
we've gone over there to train the staff so the bodyguards mm-hmm. yeah. we, we go over there and we've we did it once or twice and um, <coughs> I knew Rob yeah, who, yeah, who Bob, we, yeah I went I played basketball with him again yeah, five yeah, for yeah. eight believe yeah, me yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I played with him all the way through school and yeah, college yeah. and whatever and um, he went off travelling and I went off travelling mm. and I came back and started up living yeah, yeah, have, yeah. you know starting a, a proper job and all the rest of it while he wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, we got back in touch and he said uh, oh look Stu I've got this group of staff um, mm. and I assumed he was back in London yeah, yeah. so I've got this group of staff and in training could you do it it's a couple of weeks work I was like yes yeah, sweet no worries I'll, yeah. I'll happily do it he said right all I need to do is sort the flights and your passport out and I was like, like what well, do you well, mean well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I say. and I sort of had to put the phone down and, and, uh, and so, so he couldn't mm. hear me and I'm shouting in the background yeah. like yeah. yeah that was like me but like, I could definitely do that Rob don't worry so that's how I first started going over yeah. there and then I you, you obviously yeah. involved in the same things you start seeing who else goes over yeah, there or yeah, whatever yeah. Um, which is great so uh, eight visits though is, that's, that's amazing yeah I'm already booked in for the summer and next winter yeah so you know, so so it's very nice to know that it, July this year I'm going to be there in, in December this year yeah. so it's nice to have that it's nicer to know December yeah 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 you know oh, it's, it's nothing like to really cheese people off when you come back okay I got a slight base layer because I'm mixed race or whatever but it's nothing like when you come back on the 10th of December and you've got this glow about yep. you you're like that <laughs> Hi, like that. And they're and like, oh, where have you been? <laughs> you're Caribbean relaxed. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chilling out and Christmas is around the corner. It's brilliant. I love it. That's great. Um, so let's talk about your um, athletics. Because mm-hmm. you, you said at the beginning, five foot eight running a 400 metres. That's clearly not a stereotype. No. Um, so how did you even, were you just, school sports day happened to be quick and yeah. got into it. That's literally how it that's, that's literally it. Um, school sports day, uh, it was. Uh, winning the egg and spoon race or the yeah. obstacle race, actually what it was. My headmaster was a runner and he said, Jamie, I think you should uh, join the running club. You're very quick. Uh, I was 10 years old. Um, in fact, I was I was quicker than like two years older than me, you know, which is at that age, it doesn't happen, you know. And I was really small then, you know. I had the fastest cadence, leg speed, like I think known the man at the time you know at that age only I was very quick I wasn't the best I was very good in my school but as soon as I got to county level I would you know come third or fourth it weren't like I was all on all out like a Michael Johnson straight away no I weren't there um, and I think that actually proved to be very beneficial to me because I always lost when I was a kid but I was always because I was always that much smaller than everyone and I think what happened is, you know, when, when you get to 15, 16 and maturity levels start coming out, you know, I'd raced a 14-year-old and he'd have a beard at 14. Yeah, you know, yeah. those ones, oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. And you're like, oh, everybody. God, yeah, yeah. You know the one. Like, yeah. We've all met those kids. And, you know, as soon as they get to 16, 17, they stay the same. And then that, that yeah. it, you know, um, not mature kid, which would have been me, um, suddenly grew into his strength and then bang, and, and that was it really. So I really started making it when I was about 17 years old, racing people like Darren Campbell or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I started off as a 100 and 200 meter runner. So it wasn't um, the 400. Um, I We won the World Junior Championships, me and Darren Campbell, a couple of the other guys, um, uh, Jason and Alan Condon were in that race and we broke the World Junior record in the four by one. Um, and I came fourth in the 200 metres behind a guy called Atto Bolden who went no. on... Who, yeah, you, you with the glasses. Know, yeah, 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 that, yeah, the guy with the glasses and Darren Campbell. So, you know, those guys went on to win Olympic medals in the 200 metres. Um, so I came fourth in that. So I was very quick as a as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old over 200 metres. But when you step to the senior champs, 
It's a yeah. different, you know, I was then racing limb for Christian John Regis. You know, what would your best 200 be? My, my best 200 I ever ran was 20.8. Um, and I stopped running them when I was, I must have stopped running them when I was about 19, 20, something like that. I, I ended up by default moving to the 400 meters. I would have been older than that. I'd have been 21. I, I moved up to the 400 meters by accident. I, um, the British national sprints coach at the time said to me, he was a Cardiff or you Swansea based guy down in Wales, South Wales. He said, if you have a really good relay leg and it was in a British league and a British league of, you know, the viewers don't really know what that is. It's like a real amateur local race with nobody really in it. And he said, you run a good time in this relay and we may consider you for the British team four by four. And I was like, what? Wow. I'll have a pop of that. And I ran, I ran a 45 leg, a 45 flat relay split against no one. Yeah. Right. And everyone, (laughs) you know, what's going on? Like, and at the time, Colin Jackson was my coach. And from that race, I ended up running, uh, for a a British under 23s international in, um, France, Ended up winning it, running 45-4. And I was against Spain, Italy, Germany. Everyone was in this race, beat everyone. Broke the Welsh record in my first race and then ran a 44.3 relay split in the same meeting. And uh, I missed the European Championships by a couple of days. So Roger Blatt, you and Thomas, all them went to the European Champs. And I was so annoyed they didn't pick me Mm. um, because he said, yeah, we'll continue for the Europeans. Well, you know, and they didn't. And so uh, a week later, they all come back from the European champs, Mark Richardson, you and Roger and whatnot. And I raced them in Gateshead and I beat them all like, really? yeah, in my first proper race to message. So that. I don't think Roger Black ever liked me after that. <laughs> He's a good guy, actually, but I think I really ticked him off because yeah. he was a blue-eyed boy, the housewife's yeah. favourite. And you've got this little guy with dreadlocks, which I used to have at the time, this little whippersnapper around his ankles, really teasing him off. So, um, yeah, it was quite funny how it all sort of panned out, really. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so you stepped up. You were trying to. You, did you race against like Linford and people like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I regularly race with uh, Linford and the John Regis's. So, like, in fact, in two sorry 1995 um, Colin Jackson 94 sorry Colin Jackson said, uh, "Would you like me to coach you?" I was like, what? Yeah, and this was at the Commonwealth Games. He said, you know, I can see you've got talent. Would you like me to be a coach? And, you know, let's remember Colin Jackson only broke, uh, uh, sorry, won the World Championships um, the year before mm. in 93. Um, broke the world record, won the World Championships. So a year later, when he's at the height of his career, he said, would you like me to coach you? That's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. How good an opportunity was that? And I was like, and by the way, just like we were talking about the body all day, I've got a house in um, Florida, so we'll be, I'll be coaching you there. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, when, when we go in <laughs> yeah. next week? Yeah, yeah. gone. Right? <laughs> literally, literally was that amazing opportunity. Hence why we're still good friends to this day. And, um, yeah, you want to keep the people that have houses in Florida close to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I swear to God, I was living the dream. And just to, so just to, just to, because you mentioned the question you asked is, did you race Limford Christie? Well, as soon as Colin asked, uh, he said, coach me, in that training group, in the group now, not in racing, Colin Jackson, Limford Christie, Frankie Fredericks, uh, Darren Campbell, John Regis, 
Merlin Otty, just wow. to name a few. Which just, yeah. yeah, it was the best sprints group on the planet. Yeah, and I got invited into that. That's incredible. And they say success breeds success. You know, they, it was inevitable that I was going to end up getting an Olympic medal myself and winning a world champs because when you're around Linford every day of your life, or yeah. Colin Jackson and Merlin's here and everyone, and they're all going in training, and you have the banter, and you know, and then suddenly you're you're you're, you're doing. 150 meter runs and you're dipping with Linford you think hang on a sec that's insane I can I can I can compete here yeah so so when I got to actually compete against say the Michael Johnson of this world and I know he was the best but let's you know other athletes who weren't Michael then they I didn't really get that much fear because I was racing Linford every day I mean the guy was the fastest car on the planet at the time you know 90 you know 95s 96s and all that Linford was one of the fastest in the world Colin was the fastest hurdler Frankie Fredericks was most probably you know uh, faster than all of them in a way so so um, yeah a bit of a surreal moment when somebody you know in life like you get lucky breaks and and that Colin was my lucky break um but saying that 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 lucky break I had the reason he offered me it because he could see I was committed I I was very committed to it I was like I said I was very small very short and not very big now like I said but he could see that I wanted it you know it was it was an inner belief an inner want that inner hungriness and I think he thought well I'm going to give this kid an opportunity and There's a million mm. talented people, mm. you know, in in every every you know whatever industry. Mm. But I think you do you recognise people that want want that. Yeah, and and Colin, you know, he would have known the signs. He would have seen it. You know, he'd have recognised maybe me and him and him and you know that sort of thing. Mm. You know, even though we got totally different traits, but you know that want and belief. And you know, there was there was lots of athletes out there who were better than me. There was lots of athletes out there who potentially could have been faster than me, but. If you don't have all those attributes of the want, the hunger, the desire, the mindset, you know, all the things which make a champion the best, um, you know, you train with Linford every day, you train with Colin every day, it's going to rub off on you. I mean, I had, you know, I remember, I remember um, I was in Lanzarote training um, in 98, uh, 97, sorry, and... um, we had to it was we had a 200 meter run to do so we had uh first run pretty quick second one faster third one fast last one flat out right i was in lane two frankie fredericks lane three linford christie lane four um uh colin jackson five john we just it was it was olympic final really and i was in there like like, (laughs) what am i doing in this like anyway Ron Rodden, Linford's coach, our coach, the, the overseer of it all, I suppose, he said, he said, OK, I want this one now in uh, 21 seconds, um, the last one. Uh, I wanted to run 10.5 round the bend and whatever you go up the home straight. And I went, I said, Ron, I said, my PB's 10.5. I said, you know, you want me to 10.6 at the time. You want me to run? Yeah. He said, well, run bloody flat out then, run flat. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, Ron. Well, just run fast. Yeah, then. just run fast. <laughs> You know, looking at the camera. Yeah. How stupid was that like? Um, just went fast. And so I'm all right. Anyway, I hurtle around the bend and I come into the young straight about a metre up. I went, what the hell? So I just carried on like this, crossed the line. Now you're wrong, go 20, 21. And I went through the line. I must have ran, I'm not even kidding, I must have ran 20, mid 20s yeah. in training. 
And Linford crossed the line after me. And there was a couple of girls in the stadium watching because he was Linford. It was not loads of crowd there because it was just a training track. But, you know, Linford, the ladies' man at the time, well, always a ladies' man. I don't think you'd... I <laughs> hope we didn't mind me saying this, but, you know, he knows it. I know it. The whole world knows it. So, um... He's infamous, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, everyone knows it. Yeah. So, so, so um, anyway, I crossed the line and he came in second or third and he was a bit embarrassed at this little whippersnapper who beat him in training, blah, blah. He goes, oh, you can't run that. You know, trying to make a thing. I was looking and going, I can kick your butt and all that. You know, <laughs> telling him for that. Anyway, uh, a week later, I entered the British Championships 200 metres. Linford didn't compete or anything. And I ended up winning it. I, I ran 20.8 indoors, which was my PB outdoors and indoors. Like, so I obviously, had the 20 point mids yeah. you know and uh, I, I remember crossing the line saw 20.8 and I saw Linford in the stand I just pointed at him like is it to go <laughs> what I told you like, yeah 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 you know and that's the sort of banter which you can only have when you're with the best people and I mean you know I'm pointing at Linford who was one of the fastest athletes on the planet yeah. where I ever lived and I'm looking at him going you're a chump like you yeah. know and not even thinking about it yeah. you know and that's what happens when you're in a group like that you you t- the, the Linford you know because what do we call Linford oh it's Linford Christie Linford is Colin Jack we always say the first and second name you don't go oh it's Linford well yeah. I was calling Linford L we call yeah. him L or, or CJ for, you know L L kick your butt mate you know so that that formality had gone and and not the respect hadn't gone for all my training because it was utmost respect, but that sort of fear. Yeah. And so I was happy to try and kick Linford's ass mm-hmm. or, or Darren Campbell's or whoever it was without any question. Yeah. And, and 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 that really enables any sort of athlete in that sort of mindset to go on and do greater things. You yeah. Know? That makes perfect you f- sense. You forget about. It. I was reading something recently. Um, I'm a big basketball fan. Yeah, and yeah. I was reading something recently about um, Alan Iverson. Oh, yeah, brilliant. And he had said that, because he's really in the media right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he seems to be making a real effort to be mm-hmm. on TV and whatever. And he was saying about the first time he played against Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he said, I swear to God, it looked like he had an aura around him. Yeah. And he said that I looked down and he was wearing the Jordan. So, of course, he was. It's his yeah, shoe. Yeah, but yeah. It, it stuck with him and it, it threw him off for the first part of the game whereas yeah. like you're saying yeah. if you're familiar with these yeah. people it doesn't it, it doesn't didn't, matter like it's different no, no that's it it's, and, and that's it is that suddenly these great athletes who everyone adores suddenly become normal which mm. means well okay if they're normal the people who are underneath these are really normal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I lined up in my event in the 400, I was the only 400 meter runner in the group. But when I lined up my event, I'd be looking at them going, well, you ain't a household name. Yeah. Except Michael, you know, everyone knew Michael Thompson. But I was looking at, say, the, the others, and I'd be like, well, I'll kick your butt. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, even though they'd kick my butt half the time or whatever, because, you know, you can't win everything. And, you know, I'm a realist of how good my talent was. And I wasn't, I wasn't like a, a, a Michael Johnson or a Frankie Fredericks or, like, you know, you know the Usain Bolts I was an average good runner yeah. does that make sense obviously I was, I was good but I wasn't the great where, you know I had, to, I had to rinse every ounce of yeah. my talent where say Darren Campbell for example he was lazy yeah. right lazy lazy athlete you know and he would rock up he won it what did he win in the end Olympic gold in the relay uh, Olympic silver medal yeah. in the 200 metres and actually we all know Kandiris the, 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 the Greek athlete was taking drugs at the time so technically Darren's an Olympic gold medalist yeah. in the 200 meters so I mean I was training with Darren every day and he would just be relaxing and enjoying the athletics and all that you'd never see him sick because he'd no. never train that hard you know uh, w- meanwhile I was being sick what three times a week really I would be sick Going like that hard that hard it, it, I had to go hard or go home yeah. I, I mean like 
that's why I, I said at the very beginning of this interview, I, I am um, the podcast is. I, that's why I had to, when I retired, I had to have a Guinness. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, let me have that black drink. Yeah. Drink. You know what I mean? I'm not advertising Guinness right now, even though I said it a few times in this interview. So if anyone is listening, they, they've got any Guinness um, affiliations, any yeah, yeah. just give me a, give me a shout. But no, I, you know, and that's why I had to um, get, you know, get my mind off it because yeah. it was just too hard you know so in terms of because um, you see Linford apart from when he was on like I'm a celebrity Mm-mm. you see him he's intense the whole time yeah. so that's is that the thing that we see or is he because to my mind yeah. athletics changed when Bolt came along yeah and it became a lot more relaxed yeah yeah and, and I've got I, I, I got, I'm going to go into this I, you're going to get some scoops on this one, Good. Like, yeah yeah so like when Linford and um, Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson and all those athletes way back in the day were around, um, Calvin Smith, all, all these all these people, whoever they were, Maurice Green, you know, um, it was war. Yeah. It was war when you used to watch those athletes on the track, and it was war. But outside of that, Linford was a joker. Linford's a like really? bubbly character, funny, you know, really, really uh, chilled out. Um, he just showed that intensity on the line, and and I asked him one day. I said, "Why, why are you so like like staring? What's going on there?" And I asked him, and he said, "It's because I'm scared." Really? And like, he said, "I don't want to lose." And he said, "I'm scared to lose, so I win." And I looked at him, and I went, "Wow, you know, wow!" Like he's so scared. He, he's like, "I got to yeah. win," you know. So that focus was like fear which drove him to be successful do you know what I mean yeah I know I know I was kind of shocked when he said that and I know him well and when he yeah. said that I went, oh really you know but um, you, you, you mentioned about Bolt you know obviously Bolt the greatest athlete which has ever lived but you know by a, by a landslide I suppose and, and I like Usain and I like what he's done for the sport but the only the only negative I'll say on it all um, which, which Usain it, to a degree has ruined the sport which was a bit of a double edged sword when he came into it in 90, uh, 2008 sorry Amazing, mm-hmm. uh, you know the the, the ball, the yeah. this, the that. Wearing his beach shorts and still running nine, you know, point, yeah. and you know, it was just like I'd never seen anything like it. And the whole world loved him and loved it, and they still do. But the problem is, what happened in that decade? So, okay, we're twenty nineteen, but that decade when he was competing, he was so good that everyone wanted to watch Bolt. Yeah. And you could watch a person come second, third, fourth, fifth, and nobody cared. Nobody would even know who they were. And then you you wouldn't even care who was in the 400 metres, yeah. or 800, or, you know, you know, yes, you did have a handful of people like the Mo Farris, but even that was... Shut. The only reason we praise Mo Farris because he's from our country. Yeah. But, you know, if I... Like... like and I, I say this with the utmost respect, but we've got some great athletes in this country now, like Adam Jamili and all that, but nobody knows who they are. And nobody even cares because they're not, you saying took so much of the limelight. And I think what's happened and what's happened to the sport, and it's really sad, I think it's really sad. And I'm so glad I retired when I was. I'm so glad I was in the era. I think I was in the last era of great athletics the, 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 the GB had it was Sally, Sally Gunnell yeah, it was, sort of back end of that era and then into was, your time yeah yeah it was everyone it, yeah. I mean it was you know Paula Radcliffe uh, Sally Gunnell Roger Black Steve Batley Linford Christie John Regis Redgrave yeah Kelly yeah. Holmes you know you could just I could reel off 30 names you've got oh, I know them I know yeah. them I know them and I could if I gave if I had a sheet of paper in front of me now and I, I reeled off 
30 of the British good athletes now. You would, you most probably would know them because I know Jamili because I, they did, the boys did a really good job with their, was it four by one? Yeah, the one? four by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, year yeah, yeah, last, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I watching that. They're Amazing. incredible. Yeah, incredible. But, but that, but that, I'm, I'm in this industry. Yeah, so. yeah. So you're in it. So you know. So, but they, you know, incredible what they've done, but nobody really cares. I mean, yeah. Christian Malcolm won uh, British Coach of the Year last year for coaching them, and it just goes. So my, 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 my point is, is to get to it is, so Usain Bolt was a, 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 an amazing thing for the sport, but when he was messing about and joking and doing the, you know, the lightning bolt, when he did that, everyone went, yeah. But what happened is the person in lane one would start going, look at my number, look at my number. And then the person in lane two, yeah, Jamaica, Jamaica, would point at it. And then the other person would start messing about. And, and by, the, by the end of um, Usain's career, everyone in each lane is messing about on the, on the yeah. track. And as a spectator, when we watch the sport now, we go, oh, they're all messing about. Yeah. So the underneath... You know, the psyche of the human being watching it now is going, oh, they're all messing. I don't care who wins because they're messing. That makes sense. Whereas when Linford was racing Carl Lewis and Linford's seeing the camera, you'd be like, oh my God. Oh my God, Linford's going to kill him. And you wanted to watch it because it's almost like UFC. It's that same mentality of war. And and unfortunately, athletics has been taken away because of Usain's aura, which has turned into a negative, which that's my personal view. And I don't think I'm far wrong from it. No, that's in, it's really interesting. It's a different, mm. a whole different angle, and from an athlete as well. Which, yeah, as a viewer, you look at that, and it is a similar sort of situation to a, you know, let's say seven, eight years from now, and and uh, someone like Lionel Messi retires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to be a massive vacuum yeah. and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with Jordan retiring, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And I suppose it's a similar thing with him. And now, people, you need the next superstar. The next superstar, yeah. Difficult. But 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 if you got these, but but it's like Usain was just an anomaly, really, because yeah. he was a superstar for his running ability and character. And unfortunately, people are trying to emulate his character, but they're not Usain. And you can only do it if you're Usain. You could only do it if you're Muhammad Ali. You could only do it. Yeah, do you get me? It's it's only a handful of people who can do that. And and what those, what the masses in in all sports, but in athletics we're talking about, I suppose we're referring to that is, you've got to be yourself. Yeah. Don't go, oh, because Usain did it, I'm going to mess about. If that's not in you, you know, stop, do what... You yeah. need to do, you know. So, so that I, I find it very sad, and you know, I watch it, and I'm like, you know, we got Dania Asher Smith. I mean, amazing. Like, I can't describe how fat she's running. Like ten eight, twenty, a twenty point, whatever, over two hundred meters unbelievably quick and again who cares yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like oh my god this girl is the fastest girl in Britain ever she would kick everyone's butt and nobody cares so so I find it I find it very difficult now to I find it sad um, I find without going on off on a tangent no, but I I I find it very sad that you've got fake celebrities these days which are on, you know, the Love Islands and all that. And you, you go on social media and you'll see um, you'll see somebody on, on who's been on Love Island. They have two million uh, um, Twitter followers. Yeah. And then you've got somebody like Jay Jones, uh, the taekwondo, you know, legend yeah. or whatever, who's won two Olympic golds already and she's only about 24 years old. Um, and I used to be her agent, by the way, so I know her quite well. So you've got her, who's got two Olympic gold medals, you've got on her thing, she's got about 50,000 followers, and yeah. you go, hang on a sec. Yeah. Hang on, this girl's worked hard all her life. Marketing's and then got, a crazy thing. Oh, and I, and I absolutely hate it. I mean, 
I know the world's changing and I've got to go with that and I sound old by being a bit uh, grumpy about it but I just think it's sad that you've got all these people like Dana um, and all the, the athletes out there training really hard working hard um, not getting the, the, the respect and the dues which they, they, they should yeah. so rightfully have the interesting thing I don't know I watched um, a documentary called The American Meme okay the day. No, I think, yeah, I and it's on Netflix have you yeah. seen it? no 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 but it's literally about that oh, okay. about the almost a five minute of fame yeah, um, yeah. kind of uh, yeah. I guess world we live in mm, now mm, mm. and it had a snapshot of the things that like the little catchphrases or things or yeah. whatever it was pictures that you would have seen on memes mm, and mm. stuff and these people have the five minutes of fame in the limelight and then like you don't ever hear from so it's it's quite a dangerous world to be living yeah. in like that as well. Like, yeah, I I, I, I hate it. Yeah. I really hate it. You know? Interesting. So um, I want to double back onto Darren Campbell. So you mm-hmm. said about because um, you you won your high. What would you say is your highest achievement? First off, um, Olympic silver '96 uh, relay, and then as an individual, the 1999 World Indoor Champs where I won the 400 meters. So it's two really. Those yeah. two. And then my majors, I think, stand out. So you said, so I'm going to go back and say, well, you said you were, you know, a good runner. Yeah. Olympic silver is pretty, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty sweet. Yeah. I Take know. that. Um, uh, yeah. but, but the other one, you said about Darren Campbell winning uh, um, Olympic silver. Yeah. And the winner. Yeah, being, Kandiris. Um, yeah. Was he convicted? Like he was. No, no, he never got to, He never got done. Did he not? Never got done because that's why Darren's never been upgraded oh, to the gold see. medal. It was blatantly obvious he was taking drugs. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if you remember the case, but they they went to drugs to test him or something like that, and he said that he'd been in a, a bike accident, right. so he was in hospital, so they couldn't test his drug. They couldn't test him for drugs because they said he had a car, a, a bike accident. The bike, which they said was crashed, had rust on it. You know, with a, cr- right. you know, with, you know yeah. I mean, it was. You're not bla- riding that bike. It was bla- yeah, it was blatant. Not the bike he was on. It was blatant setup, and they, and obviously he was from Greece. It, the, the, the the Olympics were in Greece. Yeah. He they wanted a sprint at the win. Yeah. You know, at, at all costs. You know, it's very sad. So. Um, Darren's never been upgraded to the gold medal, and I and I think that's a real shame, yeah. you know. Um, and there's there's several medals, you know, without going into too much detail. But I think you know I've got 13 medals from European up to uh, World Championship Olympic medals, and and I some of them which are bronze should be gold, yeah. some of them silver. You know, I know, you know, we yeah. all know, we all know who is taking the stuff, and it's it's very sad. Is it obvious to you as an athlete? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you. It's, it's the 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 performance increase. You know, you can see an athlete when you're running a certain time, and then the next year their body shape has totally changed. They've got a brace on, and they, you know, they're yeah. thirty years old, and yeah. you know, the jaws and you like this, and yeah. you think, hang on, your total, your face has changed. Yeah, what's that about? And and then they're just going like this up the home straight, not even feeling tired, and crossing the line, and you think, mm, yeah. they're doing something other than my mother's Sunday dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, and and that's hard to deal with. That's hard to deal with because you think you're working your butt off and it's hard to win. Um, but like I said earlier on, I won a World Champs in 99. And you know what I love about it? It must have been, and I don't know who they were, if you know what I mean, but it must have been people taking drugs behind me. And I think, wow. Yeah. I kicked their butt yeah. knowing it was done properly. And I think, you must have been rubbish, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to deal with, you know, the drugs issue in, in track and field. It's always there. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to come on to this point because I think you're going to agree with me on this. Is the people, the person, the, the people I blame 
for this is I don't blame the athlete, mm. right? Even though I'd never do it, and I'd, you know, I, I couldn't look at my mum and dad in the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, I, like in Britain, you take drugs in this country. Look at Dwayne Chambers; can't go anywhere. No. If he walked in here now, and I like Dwayne, but if he walked in here now, the first thing is, oh, Dwayne uh, took drugs. Yeah. So, the first thing. Yeah. You wouldn't go, hey, Dwayne. You'd be like, yeah. oh, you're the guy. Who when it first started, it first happened with him, and it was every newspaper was. It wasn't like, um, you know, mm. Dwayne Chambers. It was like drug cheat, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight away, like, for the rest of his life. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's tried to crawl back from that but for the rest of his life yeah. and I, I, I could, no I'm, I love my mum and dad I'm not saying he didn't love his but I've got morals in that respect where I no so so to move on where, where I was going with this is the people who I blame are the sponsors mm. I blame the big companies like the Nikes and the this and the that you know the Reeboks or whatever of this world and they know they know their athletes are taking drugs. Mm. They they know it. They they know um, Justin Gatlin. They know. We all know. If I know, they know. Yeah. yeah do you get me? Yeah. And this is a, this is a problem we got in in world sport, not just track and field. We're talking sport now. I know it's a lot of money in it, and that's the problem. It's money, right? But. If you, as an athlete, know that your sponsor is going to give you ten million pounds if you win the hundred meters in the Olympics above Usain Bolt, yeah. right? Let's just say I dread to think what Justin Gatlin got paid for beating Usain Bolt last year. Yeah, I dread to think, or whatever it was, I dread to think what 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 he got paid. He's been banned twice. His case, I just don't understand. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's, it's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. So he's been banned twice. He gets allowed back in. Well, imagine being him, yeah. right? In America, and this is the truth as I know it, nobody knows who he is, right? Nobody knows who he is because he's a sprinter. And the only sports people know is baseball, basketball, American football, athletics. What's that? That's, yeah. a, that's a rubbish sport. Oh, it's the Olympics on. Honestly, it's like that in America, as you most probably know. Nobody cares about the Olympics in America no. unless it's in America. But even then, it's just a second-rate thing. They want to watch American football. So if you know you're Justin Gatlin now and you know you win Olympics, you're going to get a pay increase from... 500 grand a year retainer to 10 million or whatever it is. I'm going, you know, just exaggerating yeah. the figures. I don't know the actual figures, but if you know you're going to win that, you know that your neighbor doesn't even know who you are. Yeah. Because nobody cares about you because they don't even know you're like, oh, oh, you're the current world champion. You, look, yeah. They don't care. And he knows he's going to get 20 mil, 10 mil in his bank. Yeah. And nobody knows you anyway. Well, what are you going to do? Who cares? And, yeah. and then more importantly, you know that your sponsors are going to give you a slap on the wrist and still sponsor you afterwards. Yeah. That's that, what it is. That shows with his one. What is he? Three times he's been called. Yeah, three times. Yeah, yeah. That's like, incredible. So, so to me, you know, I would never do it, but I understand why people do. Because now, I, if we went to his house, if we, you know, your next podcast, oh, I'm going to, I'm interviewing Justin Gatlin, you'd go to a house with most probably a Ferrari parked aside, a swimming pool, yeah. pearly gates, and he's sitting pretty. Yeah. And if, you know, in maybe in 15 years, you might have the privilege to, or 10 years after he's retired, you may get the privilege to interview him after he admits that he was a drug, you know, yeah. and he might go, Look what I've got. Exactly. Yeah. That is it. So you know the key to stop drugs in sport is not tell the athlete, don't do it, you're a naughty boy. It's what should happen, and this is why I blame the sponsors. The sponsors should say, if you get caught taking drugs while under our 
we're in our clothing, we will have our money back. Yeah. We will take that back in a court of law, blah, blah, blah. You're signing an agreement to say, if you get caught, we want all our money back. Oh, my God. How many people go, I better not do that. Straight away. Straight away. And I just think, guys... But you know what? What's sad about the sponsors? The sponsors don't care mm. because they, they don't care if they're athletes taking drugs or not. They just want to, you know, they want to see the sports stars wearing their stuff. And that's why I blame the sponsors. And it's with them. It's, it's, it's on to the next as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it doesn't really uh, No, it doesn't matter. Well, they're making their money. Yeah. We'll move on. But I think if I was a world CEO or an owner of a brand, you know, come on, guys. You know, let's, let's, let's see the good people win. Let's not see the people win just because, you know, yeah. they're willing to take drugs. But that, that's my view on it all. Oh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to, to, obviously, people that are in the know. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, people are going to say the same sort of thing about Bolt. Because yeah. how are you that much better than everybody else and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but I like to think the best in. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, you know, I do. Do I think Bolt was doing something? I'd like to think not. Yeah. I'd never put my house on it because yeah. I don't know. Um, but the the good signs of you saying are he was very quick as a kid. Yeah. You look at him at sixteen, world junior record seventeen. You know, he was he ran twenty point yeah. one or something at fifty. You know? So yeah. I mean, the guy he's all spindly little. You know, you can see it on the grainy video. Yeah, you yeah. YouTube it. You'll see it on there. And so he didn't just suddenly come out at twenty five, brace on his face, really tall guy. And yeah. you know, he, he yeah. So I'd like to think that he did it. You know, positive and you know honestly not positively did it honestly and um, yeah that's, but you don't know I would never put my house on anyone the only person I know didn't take it is myself because yeah. it's me like, yeah. but I couldn't say it to anyone else no, that's me. that makes sense so um, when you were at the sort of height of, of that and 96 was a silver medal yeah that was um, Atlanta Atlanta and it was Michael Johnson's yeah, yeah. record was it? yeah yeah um, so Michael Johnson ran 43.39 there and 19.3 for the 200 metres crazy uh, two world records um, so that's when I got my medal uh, Was so that was my year 97 we got a, a medal in the relay game came silver and then 13 years later Antonio Pettigrew got caught taking drugs right. from that race so we got upgraded to the gold medal so they send you a new medal so, well this is the one this is this this will make you go you're joking right this is the truth now right I, I still laugh at it so I've still got my silver medal the one I had given on the day, I got upgraded to a gold medal, which wasn't a replica of the gold medal from back there. It looks like a plastic chocolate coin. You know the chocolate coin like things you get with chocolate in at Christmas? It looks like that. Real cheap and tacky medal with a rubbish ribbon. I got presented them down at the Senate in Cardiff, which is the government building. Myself and you and Thomas got presented them. People clapping all that. A couple of hundred people there. Um, Television, local BBC there. Nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> Roger Black and Mark Richardson got given their medals in the post. Seriously? They got given their medals in the post. It just turns up on your door and it's a medal. And that day when I got given my medal in the Senate, I, um, you know, yeah, clapping like that. I mean, you and thanks a lot. Welsh Athletics that day gave me another box from a, a, and they said, oh, by the way, you've been upgraded in the world indoors as well. Here's another medal. They just gave it to me like it was like a bag of sweets. Yeah. And I went, I said, guys, I said, are you really giving me a world championship medal like this? 
is that where this is incredible yeah so if that doesn't show you how little people care about the drugs in sport I know I know like like, I think why don't we praise the people who've done it honestly why do we even beckon to the people who are doing it wrong it baffles me it baffles me do you think you keep sticking around with this long enough you're going to end up with a 96 gold medal (laughs) if I I can live 200 and whatever yeah I reckon all my medals will be gold yeah Yeah, you'll be woo the most decorated athlete ever yeah yeah but um yeah and then they'll find out my my mum's Sunday lunch had bloody um what do you call it uh carrots from Mars and they but no I I uh yeah it's a funny old world yeah it's a funny old world was Johnson the best you ever faced Um, as far as any athlete yeah by far um in saying that um yes yeah he was uh Frankie Fredericks was a close second to him I mean I mean, Michael was the fastest athlete. The most gifted athlete, I think, was Frankie, though. Really? Yeah. And where was he? From Namibia. Yes. From Namibia. And he showed, I went to train in his house in Namibia in 98, and he showed me his house, which he grew up in. And it's, I kid you not, it's about twice the size of this table we grew up in. Really? It had a corrugated roof. I burst out crying when he showed me his house because he was tiny. He was like living in Africa with nothing, you know, like the, you know, and it was, like a township thing it was horrible like I cried I cried I said to him I said Frankie how have you gone from that Mm. to being the second fastest athlete behind Michael Johnson and I how did he you know unbelievable lovely guy lovely guy and I mean to show you the level of how great this guy was this is why I say he's most probably the best I ran with or whatever he I remember I was in Lanzarote in 98 and uh, they were cutting the infield the, the you know the javelin bit yeah and they had two guys with shears, big shears, cutting the grass. Right. And I, as we're jogging, warming up, I turned to Frank. I said, look at those two guys cutting the grass with shears, 400 metre indoor in, in the, the infield. I said, it's going to take them days. He said, I said, why don't they just get a lawnmower? Right, that was just a natural thing for me to say. And he turned to me all, like, as we're jogging. He said, because if they give them a lawnmower, they'll only need, only one man will need a job and it'll only take them a day. And I wow. looked at him like that. And I went, wow. Yeah. I went, where's your mindset? He was right. Yeah. He was 100% right. And I felt very small. Yes. Because I went, it's about giving a man a job, not giving it a quick, you know, it's this sort of like worldly, unbelievable. Yeah. So most probably, you know, on all levels, the greatest athlete I've ever trained, ran with, competed with. Yeah. Just on all levels, not just for ability. You know? Yeah. And was there ever a point in any of the Olympics, championships or whatever that you came across someone that, that did stop you in your tracks? Carl Lewis. Yeah? Carl Lewis. When I met Carl Lewis, um, I had to have a photograph of him. Because really? like, Carl Lewis in 1980 and 84, the, 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 I, in fact, I had my, it's my hairstyle back in... Um, when in the 80s when I was like 10 or whatever I used to have a flat top yeah. and I used to put a shoe box on the top of my head to get it right really yeah. flat at the top of my afro like, and I'd be walking around school like thinking I'm the man and um, and I had the hair because I wanted to look like Carl Lewis like Carl Lewis was you know was he nine gold medal or whatever he won yeah. 100, 200 uh, long jump four by one amazing four gold medals in one Olympics in 1984 um, I remember you know him coming into the, uh, the home straight and um, in the four by 100 metres and um, Dave Coleman going and the big man has the baton and I remember going, oh! I was 11 at the time yeah. oh yeah like and 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 the technique was perfect, like the best technique you'll ever have on any athlete I've ever seen. 
before, since, whenever. And uh, yeah, so when I met Carl Lewis, I was like, God damn, this is Carl Lewis. Like, I acted too cool. Yeah. But inside, I was like, oh my God, it's Carl. You the shoebox up. Yeah, 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 shoebox. <laughs> Carl, Carl, you have a photograph shoebox. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing, Jane? Like, um, so yeah, that was um, quite bizarre. Another one, I think, which was another one that just springs to mind because you're mentioning, like, people you've met. 1999, I think it was, um, Manchester United, British Sports Personality of the Year, I, I, like, it's not like the sports personality you know, British sports where it's massive like 10,000 people in it. it must have been 600 people in a room yeah like bank tiered auditorium type room and I, when the show had finished the BBC had gone off here yeah everyone clapped and finished and all that and everyone's murmuring amongst themselves just talking after the point like you hear something Jamie 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 like this yeah. like, who's that calling me like, look though Ryan Giggs Really? Jamie, Jamie, oh, and I went. Oh, the worst connection. Twine gigs. Yeah. Like, I acted cool. Walked over to him, shook his hand. Yeah. And I Ryan, because how are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Next to him was David Beckham. Really. And David Beckham. I'll never forget. He stood like this, yeah. just looking at me, and he went, "All right, Jamie." And I was like, "Oh my God, it's David it's the King." Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "I was cool," but I went, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm cool." But it was just really bizarre when you. You hear somebody calling your name, you look over and you think, damn, yeah, like, you yeah. know, Ryan's a god in the, in, the, in the football terms, even back then. And uh, yeah, surreal moments yeah. in my life, yeah. And you Absolutely. get, I, I had Frank Bruno coming up to me once in 10 Downing Street asking for my autograph and Gaza. So really? like, yeah, like kind of weird, yeah. weird when people come up to you, because I had the blonde dreadlocks at the time and I was quite noticeable in the sport. Um, very surreal moments I've had in my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah where you're like, what's this all about? That's yeah. fantastic. I like that one, Good the sports job. personality. Yeah. So um, I want to get into talking about your tr- like your training. Mm. So now your training is to be fit, to be healthy. Yeah. yeah, to lose a little bit of weight, be fit, be healthy, wake up in the morning and feel like my everything's working, you know. Yeah. Um, it, just purely for the, the, the basic sakes, really, you know. I'm 45, getting a bit old, I can't keep doing it for too long, you know. It's, so I'm, I'm, I figured if I get myself in decent shape and keep and then plateau it off and just maintain yeah that's what i want to do so i'm not training like a beast i'm not in beast mode or anything but i'm training pretty pretty well at the moment I only trained twice like i said um and i'm doing that just because i want to feel fitter and feel better and it will just open up my mind for my business you know like yeah. if i feel great i'll be more uh, proactive more reactive more just stronger as a person you know so um so yeah so that's 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 really what i'm all about you know what what was your training like when you were yeah, oh, the height of athletics. Insane. And I, right, I always say this to people, and I'm not even kidding you. If Colin Jackson and Nympha were here now, next to me, and you and they were honest, you know, they, they, if this was the interview, they wouldn't be there, take the yeah. mic, right? But if you, if, I, if you said, who's the hardest person you ever trained with? Who was the person who committed the most out of anyone you've ever met? And it would be me, yeah. right? And I, I, that's not me saying it to blow my own trumpet to try and get some sort of, oh, oh wow, was it? Was it? Oh, you were that good? No, no, it's not that. I was just a psychopath. I, 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 like, like I could stub my toe on a be- on a corner of a bed or on a on a chair, and, uh, and I'm almost crying. You yeah. know, you could get a pinprick and prick my finger. Oh, you hurt me! Like I'm a wimp. Yeah. Right? I seriously don't like heights. Uh, you know, I don't like spiders. I'm a wimp. If I went on celeb, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of it. Everyone would laugh. They keep yeah. voting me in. Vote me in. Vote me in. You know what I mean? Great interview for that years ago. But anyway, vote me in. Vote me in because they would all want to see me. But when it came to my training, 
I just went into, like I said earlier, just now beast mode. I was just like a nutter. I, you know, I, I, I think why, why was that? Why did I go there? Is when I moved to Florida with Colin in 1995, my partner at the time, and my ex-partner, she said, um, I'm pregnant. I was like, what? What do you mean you're pregnant? I'm just about to go to Florida with Colin. No, I'm pregnant. Well, and I was only 21. Yeah. So I was like, oh, do I really want to work for McDonald's for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Because I didn't have any real qualifications because I, st- you know, I did have some, but I, I didn't, you know, go to uni or anything. So I went, do I really want to have a, a job like that? No disrespect to people who work at McDonald's, mm-hmm. but I didn't want that. That weren't for me. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, if, if I want to make something for myself, I've got to train. I've got to go to the, the lengths nobody else will, you know, yeah. which I got to train on Christmas Day. I got to puke up. I got to hurt for it. I was like Rocky. Yeah. I was like, I, I live in Rocky, you know, you know, those winter months crying, hurting, puking up. I remember being sick one time I, and I was, it was red coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I know, oh, Colin, Colin, I'm dying. I'm dying. I honestly thought I was dying. Colin, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm puking up blood. And he goes, you idiot. He said, you've been drinking Gatorade, red Gatorade. And it was, it was right. <laughs> You know, so so, but I, I trained and I trained with a purpose of enabling me to be able to give my son a good life, yeah. and that was it. That was I had that single-minded focus to make sure I did it. And I, I, you know, my dad wouldn't mind me saying this, you know, publicly is when he found out that my partner was pregnant, he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. He was like, "You've messed up, you." You've royally messed up. What are you going to do about it? And I, and that was over the phone when I was in um, in in America, and that was a horrible conversation because yeah. me and my dad are cool. We're close. We're you know we're good mates almost. Like you know we're cool. We have got a good relationship. And when your father says you've messed up when you're early twenties, yeah. oh, yeah. it hurt me. It's and worse I, than being mad. It's disappointment. Oh, oh one, disappointment. That was it. And I was he was so disappointed for me. And he went, "What are you going to do?" And he said, you ain't going to get out of this. Mm. I was like, oh, this is serious. I put down the phone and I cried. I was so upset. I was like, you've got no idea how upset I was. Not because he didn't shout. Mm -hmm. He just, and I was so upset that I felt like I'd let him down. And I went, you know what? The only way out is to be the best. The only option is to kick everyone's ass. And, you know, the following year got an Olympic silver medal. Um... And, and did obviously I was talented, but did my talent really warrant getting Olympic gold, uh, silver and golds and this and all that? Maybe, or obviously I got them, so I was obviously had something. But it was the graft. Mm. It, you know, it's surprising how much your body and mind can do when you need to. You know what I mean? Like, and I needed to. I, I there was no option. I can't. I, I can't really stress how much. There was no option for me. There was no, oh, if I don't do it, I will do this. There was no other alternative. Yeah. And and thank God. Yeah. Thank God I, I, I had that opportunity which Colin presented. Thank God that I took it. Yeah. You know? There must be a million stories the same. Oh, God, in, yeah. in terms of you've got this situation... They've got talent like you had, but didn't have the mindset. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. There must yeah, be loads. Yeah. Oh, oh, like unbelievable! Like, I, I ran against so many people who were far superior to me. I, I, you know, is in natural ability. Yeah. And I've met people who um, re- were like me, mm. and I've gone wow, like you know, and I, 
God, I didn't think you were going to do it. Like, but they did because yeah. they had like nutters. Like, yeah. you know? And I, I, I actually, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm obviously going to say that, but I like the, my, my end of the world. Yeah. You know, I like the grafter. Yeah. I like, you know, I like, you know, when we watch TV and this, the underdog, I'm, I was seriously the underdog. Yeah. And I love being the underdog. And I love, like, I love that, that sort of, you know, unexpected win. Yeah. Or that unexpected, oh my God, how did you do that? And like, you know, me in the interview after making it seem like it was a formality. And it, like, I'm going, oh my God, they, they so don't realise yeah. I had to work my ass off yeah. for that. And I've just peeped off around, like, peeped up around the corner off camera, you know? So yeah, it's, it's all about, it's all about the mindset and the, and the want and the desire, really. I love that. Mm. So, um, with, with at that time, I'm guessing as well, nu- nutrition was kind of, yeah, it wasn't really but, a massive deal. Or yeah, it was starting to get, it was starting to get in. I mean, you know, it was a company which, funny enough, Down Campbell owns now with a guy called John, what's his surname? John um, uh, PAS is a company which they own and they look after a lot of the football clubs or whatever. So before John worked with Darren, um, uh, he had a, a nutrition company up the valleys and I got sponsored by Reflex, the company okay, Reflex. Yeah, yeah. So um, so they'd be giving me uh, products, you know, the proteins and, and bits and bobs, the vitamin Bs and Cs or whatever, whatever, and the multivits type thing, uh, L-carnitine, you know. Yeah. So they, those are the things which I was taking. So we, I was sort of there... Um, uh, you know, on on the peak of what was, you know, the natural substances yeah. and products you could take without going to the pharmacy. You know, if you know what I mean. And um, yeah, I, I and and the rest of it was 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 diet, eating pretty well. But you know, people say, "Oh, your diet must have been amazing." No, my diet. I could have chicken nuggets, or I could eat this, or I could do this. And the reason for that is. When you run the 400 meters and do the training I did, you can eat anything and you're burning it. Yeah. Like you, I would, I dread to think what my calorie intake was and what I consumed because I was skinny. I was, you know, I was muscular but slim, and I could just, I, you know, I'd go to the cinema and it'd just be sweets, you know, yeah. like your Haribo, <laughs> you know, especially in America, you know, it's yeah, of double portions and yeah, free refills, yeah, 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 all that, and I would burn it off. And yeah. um, but when I was training with Colin in fairness, he did a lot of the cooking in his house and the food he was cooking was great. You know, he was pretty much. On on his nutrition he was pretty serious he was very much ahead of his time he was way ahead mm. he was way ahead he was committed if you again if you had to interview him today he would say he was he would would you change anything he would say i wouldn't be so serious yeah mm. and he says that regularly i've heard him say that a couple of t- times to people in interviews he was serious yeah. he was he didn't have fun he that's thought, a shame yeah, such a shame yeah yeah so i know that he regrets a little bit of that you know, not really. I was the opposite. I'd run hard and work hard and train hard, but I would go out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, woo, yeah. 21 years yeah, old. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> little dreadlocks. I thought yeah. I was a man. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, I thought I was a, when you grow up, you suddenly go, I wasn't a man. I looked a bit of a dick, really. Yeah. Like, but, but it was I always think that when you see Facebook memories and you go, eight years ago, you said this. Yeah. You go, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, what, what was, was I, I doing? Yeah. What was I, I think my claim to fame was in 1998. 
one of the best awards I ever won, which I always laugh about. I was, I was Radio One Hairstyle of the Year, beating David Beckham. He came wow. second. Come okay. on, That's, come on. You said so career highlight earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is it. Yeah, forget the Olympics, yeah. forget the World Championship, beating David Beckham yes. at his peak. Yeah, in his game. <laughs> in his game. Yeah, yeah. So I can't grow it now. It's all gone. I'm going bald, but uh, it's uh, no, it's good. Good times. Yeah. So what what is it you're doing now? I know you're doing. Um, yeah. A lot of network bits and pieces. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So so basically, I've I've decided to do a little bit more um, online activity, which you know we spoke about earlier on. Um, get myself out there a little bit more on on the net, if you know what I mean, social media. But um, what my work is on a day to day basis, I run a silent auction company. So yeah, yeah, very random, very weird. How do I get into it? Very strange and very visual. Like I said earlier on, you know. Every, the social media which I really like is Instagram you look at a picture I like it what are they saying about themselves great tick yeah. put a bit of love behind it um, so I'm very visual whereas I find Facebook a bit too full on can't see what's happening so um, I've got a company which basically goes to if you don't know what a ch- silent auction is some of the viewers might not know what that is well what it is is you go to a charity event black tie dinner you have a brochure or a tablet on your table in that brochure has a Lionel Messi shirt a James Bond print a mm. holiday to a safari and those memorabilia pieces are all signed by the person you saying bolt this um Geraint thomas that whatever it is you then bid on that on the night and go i want to bid on the Geraint thomas you bid on that uh, that signed yellow jersey or whatever you bid the highest in the room you end up winning that mm-hmm. and a, a majority of that money which you bid on goes to the charity so it's a nice it's a it's a i love it because yeah. i'm raising a hell of a lot of money during the year for charity um i'm a business myself so it works for me it's commercially um and the person buying my product love it as well so yeah. everyone is it's not many businesses out there where everyone wins yeah. like like i don't tell you to buy any of my products you buy them because you want them so that's your choice um i don't tell you what you should pay for that product that's your choice if you win it uh and then the charity go thank you very much jamie for doing that you've done a great job and thanks for raising us 20 grand tonight and i'm like yeah not a problem that's awesome how so, did you start that how did you get into that well very randomly um i ended up um when i retired from athletics 2005 what am I going to do next and like I said I'm very visual I studied um, graphics and design in college so I was very into that Um, my dad's an architect and I was on the drawing board designing houses in fact I built the extension designed the extension on my old house so I'm quite proud of that Mm. Um, yeah so I'm very much into that and when I retired I thought well how can I because people used to come up to me this is a good one I like this one people always used to come up to me and say hey you're the runner Mm -hmm. you're the runner I would be like no, running something I do, not what I am. Yeah. Running doesn't define me. I'm mo- I'm far bigger than running. I'm not just a runner. I, I'm, I can do anything, you know. So, so when I retired from athletics, I went, well, I want to prove to myself that I'm not a runner. And, I, you know, so I ended up going, what's the biggest thing in Wales? And it just so happens that we're down the Vale of Glamorgan right now uh, in the hotel. And this is the home of Welsh rugby, where we are now. Like, you come here in a month's time, you're going to see Sam Warburton walk past, you're going to see George North walking past. Only the other day, because I've got an apartment around the corner, only the other day, Gareth Bale was just walking past. It's weird. Like, I I know Gareth, but, like, I came out of my apartment the other day and he was just walking down the road, sort of, like, getting ready to go on the field, literally 50 metres from the front of my 
grass like and so I found that quite odd because I've only just moved here and I was like this is weird <laughs> like this Gareth Bailey in your front garden yeah. like yeah very weird but anyway so um, this is home of Welsh rugby where we are and I went what's the biggest thing is rugby and I so I started I watched rugby I used to go to a lot of the games I was sponsored by Reebok so I used to always go into the Reebok box to watch Welsh games and I was looking around at this stuff and I noticed their calendar the Welsh rugby calendar was awful their official calendar and just to give you an example, like, like you'd go on January and you'd have a, a picture of one of the players and the flash would have gone off and you'd see them with red eye, you know, when the oh, flash... And I was like, what the hell yeah. is that? Like, like, my kid could have taken a better photograph. And then you look at February and the sponsor, which would have been, say, Brains at the time, was there. And then you go to March and it would have been the previous year's sponsor. Oh, and wow. I was like, guys, yeah. I was like, if I was a sponsor of Wells Rugby, I'd be yeah. really cheesed off that you haven't got that right. Cause it, you know, I'd, so anyway, I... I had 12 images drawn of a calendar which I wanted to produce and I phoned up chief exec level of Welsh rugby and I said guys can I have a meeting with you I want to discuss something with you went in board table 12 people in the room wherever chief exec what can we bring why can we you know what do we owe the pleasure Jamie and I said can I be brutally honest and they went yeah yeah and I picked up the calendar I goes your calendar's rubbish mm. I actually used the word shit you can say what you like on oh, I use the word shit right <laughs> 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 said your calendar's shit and um, they they went like that they took a start like you know oh, you can't be you know you're on our turf and you're calling yeah. you know, there was all a bit of tension in the room instantly and I said let me tell you why and I criticised it constructively I didn't just curse it for any I said this 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 and that and I said let me show you this and I had 12 drawings of one of Gavin Henson then I went to February and this and that and artist impressions and I said I want to do your calendar next year yeah. And they said, uh, so, uh, I'll never forget, so, Jamie, um, you know, what skills have you got of building and making a calendar? And I went, um, I haven't got any. I said, I'm not going to sit in this room and claim that I know anything about making calendars. I'm telling you now I know nothing about making calendars. But I can tell you this now, you don't become a world champion and Olympic silver medalist by being lazy. Yeah. I said, you give me the opportunity to do next year's calendar and I will nail it. Right, and they all just were quiet because they were caught. They've never had anyone like no. me go in like that, bang! Like, and they were murmuring, murmuring amongst themselves. And they went, "Okay, then Jamie, we'll give you next year's license for the calendar." I walked out the room and went, "Oh shit! They've what given it do? to me. Yeah, <laughs> they've given it to me." Yeah. Right? So I ended up um, getting a photographer, makeup artist, a venue, distribution channels. Um, uh, I used. Um, Oh, what's it called? Um, yellow Pages, the printer which print the Yellow Pages, you know, it was big back in the day. And um, nine months later, we sold record calendar sales um, in Asda ever. Um, oh, nailed it, sold thousands of them. And then it went on to me then doing the Six Nation program covers, so the front cover, the visuals, I did that. Oh, wow. And then I went on for 10 years doing all their official merchandise. So if you went on to the Welsh Rugby website, um, their shop, that was me, right. doing all their framed photographs and signed pictures and signed shirts. So um, stumbled into that, mm. but it was a progression. You know what it's like? Yeah. You get into something, like, you know, and, and it, you just advance and you see gaps. So the reason I got into silent auctions, because silent auctions really are memorabilia events, yeah. or holidays, experience and artwork, and jewellery, but it's memorabilia per se. And so I ended up getting into that. And um, and the reason I got into that is because my partner works with a lot of celebrities. She put an event with Warren Gatlin, so happened to be about four years ago. 
And we've got a silent auction company down from London, uh, one of the biggest in the industry. And I said to them, listen, my partner's doing the event. I want 15 of my items in the silent auction. You, and they went, yeah, not a problem. I had 15 in there. They had 15. That night I sold 13 of my 15 and they only sold three. And they came up to me and I wouldn't even run in the event. I was at black tie, having a drink or whatever. They said, oh, you've done well tonight. You sold food. And you I said, how did you get on? Oh, we've only sold three. Then it took them about three months to pay us. And I was like, come on, guys. Not only did you sell all of our stuff, what are you doing? Because I want to pay the charity. And I said to my partner, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. And that was it. The rest is history. I got into it again by default. Absolutely love it. Mm. Fallen in, in, in love with the job. It doesn't seem like a job. Um, I love creating things which people buy. Yeah. Um, we do really, really bespoke stuff. Like, you know, I could get you a Bruce Lee signed poster. You know, you can't get that. Yeah. Right. If you try and find you ain't, and if you try and find my little mugs probably be fake. Yeah. yeah. If you try and find Marilyn, Monroe this or that I, I've managed to go down a path you know when you get into the game you go down a path where you get the right team you know yeah. I've got a great robust team surrounding me and around me and um, I'd like to think we've, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only a small company in the, in the industry in relative terms to some of the big players but watch this space it's yeah. one of them because yeah. we're very different we're very unique and we will take over what's the business called? it's called BidIn bid-in.com okay. Okay. Yeah, so check if, it out so if I wanted to do a silent auction, how would that work? So, so basically you have a, let's just say you do a, um, a charity dinner for Bernardo's because that's your charity of choice or whatever it is, cancer research, whatever you you do it for. You have a dinner, nothing to do with us at dinner. You put on the dinner, you have all 300 guests turn up, black tie. You phone up my company and say, we want somebody, your company to turn up at our event. We turn up with all our memorabilia experiences, holidays and artwork, jewellery. Um, we create the brochures we bring staff we bring visa machines we do everything right. so on the night we do all that people start bidding on all the items people buy the items people take home the items and then we give you a check Yeah, that's right. basically it or the charity so we give you the check to give to the charity, the charity. or whatever it is it may be, a, it may be I, I'm working directly with the charity whatever it is whoever's put that event on but um I absolutely love it. And then we've just got a, uh, a second business now, which is called BidAid. So it's my sister company, BidAid.org. And basically that's an online version. So I'll give you an example of, we put Geraint Thomas, who just won the Tour de France, um, is a number he wore on the, in, the, in the tour. Just a number. Mm-hmm. I said, Garen, can you sign it? Something unique, whatever. So he signed the number. I mounted and framed it. And somebody bought it for £5,000. Wow. £5,050 to be exact. And we give 90% of the revenues on our site to the charity of choice. So it's really good. And it's global. So yeah. we're not big yet in that site. But we're, you know, I've got a shirt from Gareth Bale, which I haven't even put on the site yet. Yeah. I've got some real tasty stuff ready to go. I'm just, it's all about timing and, and doing it. And it's all about the celebrities tweeting about the item as well. Yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. a lot that goes in it behind the scenes. Yeah, sure. it's not as simple as, yeah. So Have you very, put your own stuff on there? I haven't. No, I haven't. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Shoeboxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might get a fiver for that. Yeah. I might have to dig. I, you know what? I don't, my, my dreadlocks would have gone there, but they were in my, um, my old house in my attic. 
for about 15 years. Yeah, like, yeah. I wish I'd kept older. Yeah, yeah. And they would have, like, that would have been quite funny to they put on there. Like, somebody might get. have, Some somebody might have, like, Some, oh, Jamie yeah. Stradlocks. Yeah, some for weird sure. fan. Like, yeah. That's interesting. So, that's final thing I want to go to is one question um, that stuck out to me that I need to um, ask you from one of our uh, listeners, and she's a student of ours mm-hmm. called Michaela. Um, so, she says, were you worried about retiring? Um, and did it feel harder to train without a focus? Did you worry about that? Yeah, so I woke up one day in America and said, I've had enough. Mm. I didn't retire out of injury. I retired on my terms, mm. um, which is a lot easier to bear than if you retire from injury. You chat to you and Thomas, he still misses the sport and he hates it. He's had to retire and he, you know, all that's still stored in him. For me, I, I went, I'm bored. I'm not going to get any faster. I'm missing my kids. Um, I don't enjoy it anymore. It's too hard. The training kills me. I haven't got that same uh, conviction. Yeah. So I I left the sport gracefully. Um, funnily enough, I was doing an event with Daley Thompson and Colin Jackson recently, and uh, one of the questions somebody asked Daley is, do you miss the sport? And he said, yeah, I really do. And he was going on about it. And, and, and I said, I don't really. But then when Daley kept on saying about his thing, I thought, well, yeah, I miss the Olympics and the highlight yeah. and the warm weather training, but I don't really miss that hard work, not that level. And I miss some of my friends, but um, no, I, I retired on my terms and um, I didn't find it hard to transit to the next level. You know, I, I switched over quite gracefully and, and I haven't looked back. Love it. I don't like to ask, like, just I said to you at the beginning, Q&As, it gets a bit formal. I like to have a yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. And um, one thing that stands out to me is, and I did a similar um, chat with uh, Cameron Nickel, mm-hmm. who is a rower, mm-hmm. 2012. And, the th- and he's done the same thing. He mm-hmm. stopped. He's now a medical doctor and he's yeah, moved yeah. on to other things. And, and again, done that gracefully. And I think that there seems to be a theme when it comes to hard work, dedication, people mm-hmm. that are Olympians. Yeah. There's, a, there's something there that, you know, like you said earlier, yeah. you'd always back someone that's going to work hard. Yeah. And, um, and that is evident to me, clearly. So Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's definitely about, you know, if, if you've got that ethic. And especially you, you get some Olympians who are ultra talented, who've never really had to work that hard whilst they were being the best yeah. or one of the best, which do struggle. Yeah. They do struggle when they leave the sport because they, they, they find the sport quite easy, even though they were best. But it's, it's people like me, it's that handful of people who are really up against it. I mean, somebody like Colin Jackson, very, very talented, very gifted, very famous. Mm. So when he retires from sport, he gets into the beeb and does this and this mm. and this and this. It's quite an easy transition, you know. And I'm not saying he's lucky for that, but he's, is, you know, he's grateful to yeah. that curve, you know, that he's managed to still keep the Colin Jackson name out there, which is fantastic for him. Um, but then you've got, the, you know, the, the, some of the people who weren't as good, um, who aren't. How can I put it? TV savvy, which then they they and and maybe they 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 were still talented, but they just didn't have that fame crossover and yeah. and this stuff. And I I see quite a lot of them, a yeah. lot of those people, you know, quite quite a few struggling, and um, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. no, it's a shame. Um, listen, this has been amazing. I've absolutely loved yeah, talking to good. you. It's been brilliant. So um, thank you so much, so much for coming on. I do appreciate your time. Not a problem. Um,